everyone. It's Teresa Judice, and I'm so excited to announce the Namaste Bitches are going on tour. What, what? Oh my gosh, Teresa and Melissa Feaster, that's me. We are bringing the party to Fillmore Silver Springs on Friday, November 11th. So get your tickets now at LiveNation.com. It's the Namaste Bitches live and in person in D.C. How dope is that? We can't wait to see you. Namaste Bitches live in D.C. Get your tickets now at LiveNation.com. Today's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to peaks... DB's gear is travel tested by some of the best world athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released, and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote. We are teaming up with DB to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10. We're going to the link in our show notes. DB, it's time to move on and time to get going. Hi guys, so welcome back to the show. So in today's episode, I have a guest. Her name is Alex Grimberg. She's the founder of Art Sugar. Art Sugar is a curated e-commerce platform uh, that is showcasing eye-catching artwork and home decor. There is so much that that goes into this uh, because I think art is so important and actually most of the time uh, it is kind of underrated because people are not seem to really appreciating that as much as we should. And I think Alex is really uh, bringing a light on that and really highlighting some of the artists uh, using Art Sugar. So there's so much to take away from this episode. And so let's get into it. Hi, Alex. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show. So do you want to introduce yourself a little bit so our listeners can get to know you? Sure. Um, I'm Alex Greenberg. I grew up in New York City. Um, that's where I'm based now and live and work. Um, I started a company called Art Sugar in 2017. And before that, I was in the art world. I went to college at Cornell, and then I have a master's in art history from Christie's. Yeah, that's okay, about me. Cool. So you started this business through like, uh, was it like, you always thought of like starting some business related to uh, art or did you have like other businesses in the past that kind of, you know, like, because I feel like every business owner that I've also talked to, they have like small <laughs> businesses in the past and that kind of right. like, not like, not, I would say they failed, but it's more like it didn't get that attraction in the beginning, but then right. they were like, oh, maybe I can move on to something else. Uh, at least, you know, you cut your losses. Did you have any businesses in the past yeah. that you were like, it's not working, then you move on. Not really. That's a really interesting question. And um, no one's ever really asked me that before. I worked at like nine to five, like very traditional art world jobs for about eight years. And um, toward the end of my last job for like two years, I started um, drawing portraits again. That was like what I really focused on in college. And then people started to pay me for them. 
And I was like, this is so crazy. You're paying me for my own art. I mean, I, I had never like thought of myself as someone who could sell their own stuff before. Yeah. So I made a little website and then I had people like drop in photos. I would then draw them and send them back. So that was like the be- very beginning of this business that I have now. Um, and it's always been an art business and it just like scaled as the years have gone by. So in the beginning, it was called Portraits for Good because I was creating portraits and then donating back to charity. But that was still very much art. So I haven't had any businesses outside of art, though. I got it. I got it. But that was solely the like the portraits that you were making yourself. Like it wasn't by anyone else, right? Mm -hmm. It was very short lived when it was just me. I then brought on some other um, artists that I thought maybe needed my help and I could really help because help them grow because they were like so busy with their lives and they couldn't really sell their work on Instagram because um, just like a lot of customer communication and logistics issues. So I was like, let me handle it for you. I have all this experience in the art world. So then I brought like five artists on and doing that. And then I was like, I was pretty much like fine just with this like small kind of model because I had a job like, and I was busy mm-hmm. at that job. So then um, eventually I had this like aha moment and I was like, I want to just focus on this. I could see it really getting big and I'd rather not be at a nine to five job when I'm, I have a soul of an entrepreneur. So I, um, I eventually left and I um, have been just doing art sugar since 2017. Wow. So when was the time that like you decided to leave your job? I know a lot of businesses that I have also talked to, they were saying like once they saw the, like the big attraction already that like that was coming in, not necessarily like it was making money. It was more like, they saw that like it was going to happen. Then they decided to like quit their job and did it. Was that the time for you as well? Or you just thought like, well, this is finally making somewhat money that's coming in that's like actually helped me that then I can quit my full-time job. Especially because like, you know, New York City is such an expensive place to live. Uh, I can, like I always say this to like a lot of people, I feel like depending on where you live, you can afford to have like, you know, like, multiple side hustles and still make a living versus like I feel like in somewhere like New York City you kind of have to have like really nice job that like you can afford the lifestyle that you want to have in the city like this totally um so I did see that I saw some success with it I thought it could be bigger I had a lot of encouragement from people around me saying this is like a really good idea you could really do something different in the art world that um, hadn't really been done before. And with the experience that I've had, which was like very, very traditional and not at all like online and, you know, millennial or, you know, whatever it is now. But also like, I was very unhappy at my job. I had a death in my family. My grandma, who was like so close. I mean, I was so close with, I saw her like multiple days a week, like she lived around the corner from me growing up and, and still did. She passed away and I had this like moment that like, oh my God, life is so short. Like, what am I doing? Like, I'm kind of miserable in my museum job and I was and I treated badly. Like, I'm also really not, it's not that I'm not a good employee, but like, I don't love red tape and rules. Like, I'm very much someone who like can see it really a solution that's faster and I know how to get there. And then there are people who are above you at a job who are never going to let you 
grow. You know, they're like very much about this like hierarchy and they don't want, or they're threatened by someone, you know, who's got like, you know, some guts or whatever. And like, yeah, also like so much younger than them. Yeah. That or like whatever, I mean, whatever it is, it was, and I wasn't able to be creative. It was totally stunting. And so then I had this moment when I realized life was so short. My grandma passed away. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, it's not like I was that young. Like, I mean, I'm 34 now. I guess I was 30 when that happened. So I um, I gave them my notice. And they were so pissed. I remember the last day. I, like, wanted to leave at, like, 4.50. It was, like, 4.55. I'm, like, packing myself up. And my boss was, like, you still have five minutes. Oh, my like, God. I know. I mean, I could write a book about that one. And I, I – that could be my next entrepreneurial. <laughs> I would buy. But, yeah, but it was just like the writing was on the wall for me there. I mean, the people who worked there were there for like decades. And I'm like, oh my God. That's yeah. not going to be me. So, um, yeah, that's my story. So it wasn't like, I mean, maybe it wasn't the wisest financial decision. I, um, I mean, I feel pretty lucky that, you know, it's been that that we ha- I have grown an, over time so that I am able to afford to live in New York City and to do, you know, what I need to do. I'm very scrappy, though. You know, I'm really – and I think that's what, like, my investors liked about me. Like, I'm not, like – you know, I've been not spending tons of money on this business. I've been keeping it, like, pretty tight um, to keep prof- – to keep it profitable. So – to be honest, if I wanted to live like such a lavish life or something, I wouldn't have been in the art world to begin with because mm-hmm. like your first few years, like you're not making, you know, you're not making the salaries of like a lawyer or a banker or anything. You're yeah, for sure. An art world salary. No, that makes a lot of sense, especially because like I feel like since you have been in the art world, you kind of knew like you had like a different, I feel like it's definitely different expectations versus like someone who worked totally. at like a firm or corporate job or something like that. That's right. more like you obviously have different expectations yeah. or different. And you have to like live within your means. Exactly. I mean, you just like hope that obviously your company and your everything will just grow. And I think you have to have a lot of grit and like a lot of optimism in order to like wake up every day and be like, okay, let's do this. And like, it's a roller coaster, but um, like the good moments make it all worth it, I think. For sure. And actually, you're also not the first person who said that, like, uh, they left their, like, current job or other jobs, like, not because, like, it was, like, the current business, like, that they were starting was, like, profitable. It was more like they saw the future that they were going to do. Because I think a lot of the times, like, the the jobs that they had, like, that was paying the bills – it was literally just paying the bills. It wasn't like, you know, they were like, oh, I won't, I'm seeing myself like here, like future or right. something like that. It just, uh, and not to say like, I am not also like not tr- trying to say like, this is like a bad thing, like traditional jobs. It's just more like, I feel like when you find your passion or when you find something that like you're really, really, uh, you think that that's going to be for you. And I think that's more important than the job that, that you were you know, find it for some reason that like for job, I mean, for paying or like for right after college, you know, I feel like there's so many reasons that like attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say like that, what kickstarted the art sugar? Like, would you say it was Instagram or it was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like what what was like the biggest thing that helped you guys uh, like kind of get your name out there? 
Yeah, I think um, so. The so I gave my notice. Well, I was working on you know changing the name of the portraits for good that I had, changing that name, mm -hmm. um, creating a bigger you know website, better user experience, all that stuff, and that was over several months. And then I gave my notice at my job, and then for a month I was just like hardcore reaching out to artists that I thought were interesting. I found their information on Instagram. I was email blasting you know, trying to like, see if they'd be interested, come on for free, all you have to do are marketing obligations. So like, when I launched, it was all these artists posting about Art Sugar on Instagram. So that was like, you know, like, let's say it was 50 artists I started with. And that really helped like get things going. Um, because I had all this, like, these people marketing for on my behalf, um, which was wonderful. So I'd say Instagram definitely was helpful in um or like one of the you know biggest things in getting my business really off the ground at the at the at, at the very beginning well, would you say like that it would have been harder if you started nowadays versus like you know back in the day like when instagram was more bigger i feel like um everyone has different opinions nowadays about it but i think instagram I mean, like isn't TikTok. Mm -hmm, because i think instagram is not as big as everyone i mean it's not as big as it used to be like, I feel like that's something right. that we need to accept. Uh, TikTok is definitely going more. And I think it's also because video is getting bigger and bigger. So would you say, like, it would have been so much harder if you were to start now and it would have been so different uh, versus, like, the years ago? Well, I don't, I don't know because if I started now, it would probably – I would have probably a different model because mm -hmm. I would be adept. I would be starting with, you know, how – how social media is now, which is more of an emphasis on video and TikTok. So um, to be honest, I don't know how to use TikTok, but it is on my list of things to like. To You're not alone. There are a lot of brands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I started, I mean, the Instagram account I started, it was sort of late too. I mean, I think it was 2017. So but would you say like because of the like the artists that were also promoting the their artwork uh, because of Art yeah. Sugar, so that essentially kicked it off more? Yeah, for sure. I think that Instagram kicked it off, um, and then I, you know, I was like pretty intense in the beginning. I mean, I still am, but in the beginning, I was partnering with like a lot of um other brands so like zola registry which still which archer is still on but mm -hmm. zola registry betches media um dormify was on wayfair i mean i was really partnering with a lot of bigger businesses to help you know get the name out there so i was doing a lot of that a lot of or these organic sort of um collaborations like i hadn't even looked at paid media yet you know, now, you know, I have more of a focus on paid media, you know, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google to get the name out there. I don't rely as much on Instagram because, as you said, it's not as big as it, is, it was then. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like also because like organic reach, uh, again, correct me if it is different for you guys, at least for I know for myself is like because I have a little brand too versus also my own personal account organic reach has been definitely de decreased so much over the yeah. years versus like how instagram started first because i used to get like over ten thousand, sometimes twenty thousand, sometimes even more than i would like my own reach on instagram wow. but nowadays it's like 
sometimes like when I send my insights to the brands, I'm just like, wow, this is so like, <laughs> it, it wasn't me. <laughs> like this was not what it used yeah. to be. Uh, so yeah, I'm just saying sorry. they are really prioritizing paid ads. Um, I'm sure like that's why you guys like switched it, right? It's not that I switched. I just started like, you know, I get, a, I get approached by mm-hmm. at least like 20 salespeople a day from different industries. Like, yeah. you know, for SEO, for ads, whatever. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot. So I like do, you know, then I see the stats and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. You know, let's get into paid ads. And then you see them scale and work. And then you're like, that's amazing that, you know, it's sort of like, it's sort of like running itself. I have seen a decline in, in my Facebook ads since the new iOS update, um, yeah. iPhone mm-hmm. up, update with the with the tracking and um i know a lot of other companies have as well because it's just you know all those retargeting like when you visit the website getting an ad and then you know you it's you're losing like all this data would you say like before like you would just post like organic content and you didn't have to necessarily like realize yeah yeah yeah, I would I would post something on Instagram and people would just like buy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could I would know because I'm like, oh, I just posted it. Yeah, you know, ten people just bought that or fifteen people. Then yesterday, like I post something and like one person buys, you know, from that post. You know, I could see all the the conversions and like all that information in the back end of my Shopify and I or and I also know just like oh, this was just posted. That's why it was purchased. Um, it's totally declined. Um. I think it's, I think it's just like more, you know, more of like this emphasis on, okay, like let's move to TikTok, which is something again, I have to do. Yeah. And also because I think that there's just so many brands now popping up every single day, uh, not just like on like Instagram, but also on TikTok. It's just like, there's so much, I think comparing to I don't know if it is because of the pandemic. I honestly haven't really figured that out. I think there's like entire study on Business Insider too. They were talking about it. Like there are more businesses that's popping up now versus like back in 2019 before the pandemic people were doing. Really? Yeah, it's it's definitely like more. Every other day, I feel like you would see one new business registering or at least creating an Instagram account that you would, you know, like wow. you would see. Yeah, especially because like I think nowadays... Um, that's one of the big things that like I think Instagram is trying to do, which is affecting the businesses. Like you can buy directly on Instagram. Right. Which is like it's technically a good thing because it streamlines the process, right? Like you don't have right. to go. But the thing is when you buy something from Instagram, you sometimes don't even pay attention to the name of the brand because you buy it from Instagram. So when sometimes right. people tell you what did you buy? You're like, oh, I got it something from Instagram. So they don't even know your name of the brand. So I never thought of it that way, but I, I, I don't do Instagram checkout because not that reason, because I didn't know, I didn't even think of that reason, mm-hmm. but they have like, you have to like abide by all of Facebook's policies. And I just like, as a small business, it's very difficult to do. Um, like if there are things for me that are made to order, yeah. like I can't possibly ship within three to seven days. So like those kind of things. So it's, that's the reason I didn't do it. But that's a really good point that you're sort of like losing your brand identity when you do Instagram checkout. Yeah, it's like very similar, like, you know, Etsy or Amazon, you know, like there are stores on Etsy, there are stores on Amazon, but like you never say you bought some store on Amazon, you say I bought it from Amazon. 
Totally. Yeah. So that loses the entire purpose of your brand and they don't even know, mm-hmm. like, even if it says it, like, you're never going to remember in your brain that you bought it from that store. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is like so important. I feel like when you're, you know, building a brand and building a business, you want to, I mean, you want the brand to like inspire people or to, and for them to like, be like, oh, that's a art sugar. Or that's, you know, you know, but the same goes for artists who are on the site. Like some, some people will shop for the artist. Some people will just shop for the curation and they don't necessarily know the artist. Um, you know, I try my best to give like, you know, as much information about the artist as possible, but you know, you kind of can't help the customer, like what the customer thought process, you know, sometimes they do care, sometimes they don't care. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's true. So how would you say like you manage the business and how big is your team and uh, like, how do you delegate the duties? Um, so for <laughs> just hired my first employee and she's sitting right here. Um, she started on Monday. Mm-hmm. It's been me for four years, except I had two interns like three years ago. I will say it's extremely challenging for me. And I know that as I grow, it's important that I unravel all the stuff in my brain into, you know, you know, onto paper or words or whatever, so that I can delegate and I don't, you know, all the systems, all the operations, everything is in my head. Um, So now like it's my, it's the challenge for me is to get it all out so that, you know, I can get help. And um, so, you know, right now like I mean I do everything I do so much all at once it almost feels like I don't even finish one thing in a day because I'm doing so much at once it's like a tornado um so I'm definitely really trying to like delegate tasks that um I'm not necessarily good at or I think that they could be good for you know new employee um and I'm just trying to yeah, I'm just trying to do a better job at managing because you can't you can't really grow if you're doing everything yourself and you're not, you know, you're losing focus all the time. No, that is for sure. Especially because like I feel like once you like start growing your business or when you see a demand, you have to think about like there are bigger things that like bigger fish to fry versus like some daily tasks that like you do yourself, which like at the end of the day, it costs you time. And time is very important, especially when it comes to business that like you always have to think about. Like I know like myself, like not just my business, but also my personal brand that because I have a management and everything, which they do most of the brand deals and everything that like I used to do it all by myself. And that would take so much of my time that like I wouldn't like spend time on my content, which is like the main part that people follow or like I grow the social media. So I can also understand that too. Like, because I'm saying like when you do everything yourself, although it's nice to control everything, but it's like, it doesn't help. Then you get so stressed out about every single detail in your business. Right. Right. And, or forget what you're doing. Exactly. There are so many things that fall through the crack that like, you're like, wow, I, I just thought I did that. Like, then you don't remember. Yeah. That. Yeah. No, totally. Or I thought I paid for that. No, nope, you never did. Or like, you know, stuff like that. Totally. For sure. <laughs> One thing I found out for my business, I don't know if it like it worked for you because it's very different, is that like sometimes finding these like independent contractors for certain projects that helped me so much over the years because like, you know, 
hiring an employee, especially full time, it's very hard, you know, because it's it requires like you have to think about like, do I have the budget for this in this business? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm making money, but do I really have the budget? Like because sometimes, right. you know, especially when you're starting a new business, first two years or a couple of years, you're not going to even cut a salary for yourself, you know, because oh, no. you don't have the luxury, like you don't. So when you think about it, like getting that. So for me, it helped me so much is like having independent contractors, like if I need a photographer or if I need some sort of like help for a certain project, maybe some brand management, some SEO person, but just for a certain project. That helped me in a way, but was there an occasion for you that that happened to you or it's more like it's a different business for you that that didn't make sense? You mean hiring contractors? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I've, I've hired contractors. I um, my, my, you know, developer, like the coding mm-hmm. contractor, my ads are all contracted out like that is to a, you know, a performance media team. I mean, my accountant's a contractor. Like I'm not doing, um, but I'm doing all the marketing content, artist outreach, um, partnerships, scheduling, you know, all of that is a lot as well. So I hired Rowie here because I needed like a right hand person who was like interested in design, interested in art, interested in, you know, marketing. Marketing is like the, you know, or not the performance marketing, like the, just the marketing and the, the, the product drops, you know, it's such, it's like, that's the whole business. So, you know, getting help there, it's something that I would, pro- I would want someone to be in house, not contracted out. Cause it's like, it's all the time. You know? No, that makes sense. I feel like that's why it depends on like what part of the business that's so essential to you, like, or that's very yeah. important part of the business versus some parts like, like development you're talking about or websites most of the time is like that, you know, that's not something that you would need full time all the time, especially because like it's also extra money that you would need to be paying, which is, you know, it's not really helping for your business. Yeah. Also like coders, like in the US, I mean, I couldn't afford one. They're so expensive. <laughs> They're really expensive. Oh my god! And like, honestly, I understand because like I was looking at code yesterday, trying to figure something out, and it was like hurting my brain. I mean, it's such a talent, and they deserve to be paid. But I just can't. I mean, I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to afford someone like that all the full time. No, I know because I know for myself is <laughs> that because like I had like some background and I did like so many like I don't know YouTube like videos or like some bunch of Skillshare classes that I learned myself. But I knew that like I spent so many hours like it was endless I would I I mean if I had that like time back I would rather hire someone to do it for me right I know I get like so deep into the weeds on something and I'm like I've been staring at staring at this for like five hours I should have just like paid someone to do it and then I could have like focused on so many other things and in the end like you probably are better off by just hiring someone to do it yeah I feel like sometimes like this is something you used to get to me but I realized like you have to sometimes realize like there's strengths of yours for sure, but there are also some weaknesses that like, obviously you just don't know about certain things and it's better to just like either save money for it if you cannot afford it or do that at the time or just like don't waste your time for it because, you know, spending like, I don't know, 20 hours or three, two days for something that like you are not even able to present to the, you know, market or the business Versus like you can do something for yourself or the, for the company, you know, it's very different. Right. Yeah. Right. 
So what would you say you have learned during these years as a founder of Art Sugar? Like what are the best moments or like the moments that like you kind of like, oh, tell me a lesson. Yeah, I used to get kind of caught up in like really small things that didn't really matter. Like, I mean, this is a silly one, but and this just happened. I mean, I mean, it was last week I noticed like on Instagram there's, you know, a small business or I don't know, creating like product replicas of mine and you know I was like okay this is so ridiculous I obviously saw the work I mean it was a very clear copy but honestly like I don't care because I need to focus on big picture and growth like that to me it's not worth energy I think that that was my you know the biggest thing for me growth wise was trying focusing big picture rather than on like minutiae that didn't really matter in the end um, but I think that's just like a maturity thing too, you know, as we like grow up, we don't care as much about like the sort of like the little dramas and things. No, that I 100% agree. I feel like the things that like, I guess, that we used to care more about versus like now, because now I'm mean, like in my mid 20s, like I feel like there are things that I used to care about in like my yeah. in my teen years, like the, when I was 18 or 19 is like, now I'm just oh, yeah. like, well, I don't know why I even like I was bothering it so much because I just really it really doesn't matter oh, now totally I mean I don't even remember when I was 18 I mean my my I mean I, I I'm now I mean in my 20s I didn't even know who I was I mean you grow so much especially yeah. when you run your own thing you're growing so much every day and you're sort of like because you're doing so much you're you're always learning and I think that's it's like the, one of the most exciting things about entrepreneurship is you know you can you never stop growing whereas like at some other jobs that aren't like interested in your creativity or in your growth they're just like keeping you down um you know there's no like cap to what you can kind of do no that's true it's like you hit a plateau and like there is like there's nowhere else to go it's like just there you know like you have that those duties and like if you want to do more it's like there is no more it's just those things that you need to do exactly right exactly but like you know even working for a startup or you know running one like there's there's not like oh you can't do this or you know it's like great to get in on the in the beginning because then you like so much opportunity to do and grow and like show your strength for sure also because like I feel like I have I have also interned a couple times for startups. Like I feel like you can become such a self starter if you weren't before because you wear so mm-hmm. many hats when you're in, working totally. in a startup. And not gonna lie, it teaches you so much. Like even if it didn't pay you, like I have to be honest, it didn't. Like it was not a paid uh, internship, but I learned so much from that experience. Uh, like I just I, I don't think I've got that experience from a regular place that if I was just interning. Yeah. No, totally. Mm-hmm. So where do you see Art Sugar like in 10 years? Any like expectations or like wishes that like you're like, this is the, like the biggest goal for it. But obviously, I'm sure that these change every once in a while. So yeah, I mean, my goal, honestly, would be to sell the company in five within in five years uh-huh. or within between five and 10 years. Um, so right now I'm really honing in on the brand, the rebranding brand strategy and just like structure of the business. Um, I want to do stuff that's more experiential. So we're doing something for holiday. I'm really excited about um, and ultimately get it to a place where it's something like interesting that could be 
you know, sold at like, I mean, Target's like my dream collaborator, um, you know, but eventually be sold so that, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, as much as I love my company, like I may, you know, grow, it may, I, it may need more than me running it at some point you know, it, it becomes bigger than you. And then you kind of want to move on because you like building things. Like me, I love building things from the beginning. So, um, you know, I hope my business continues to grow. And, you know, then that's like, right, that's the goal, just to have it grow to as, as big as it can be with me at the helm. And then once I, it, grow, I, I grow, it grows, I grow out of it or it grows out of me, then no, I grow out of it. No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really like something's wrong with my brain. Um, you know, then it will be like, I, I hope it's, you know, worthwhile being sold. No, for sure. I got you. Uh, what about, because I know I think about this for myself sometimes. Like, I feel like if like the current business I have, like gets to a certain point, I probably want to start something else. I mean, I already have the idea, yeah. but just more like, nah, I will start right now. Do you have something else that like you kind of like dream of doing it later on? It's funny. I really always wanted to be able to write something like mm-hmm. a coffee table book or something, but I used to be a very good writer and now I can't write two sentences. It's like my brain, it's like the way I write is like, it's like, it's like an email. Like I'll write yes, no, you know, maybe something won't even be a full sentence. Like I can't, it's actually hurts my brain to like write an essay or something. So I feel like that may be off the table, you know, because of just my progression, but also like everything I do is so fast now. I'm just not used to it, but like, I do love writing. I love writing about art um, and maybe something like that, but I really don't know. I mean, I think, um, Maybe I just want to retire and like be on a beach somewhere. <laughs> that works too. That works too. <laughs> having <laughs> having so, a pina colada. <laughs> that sounds nice. So what advice would you give to your like younger self? Like maybe yeah. like, I don't yeah. know, like 10 years self or something. I don't know. Like what advice like would you give to yourself? I would say never take go into the nine to five normal job. I think I spent eight years doing it and I don't regret it, but I could have started so much younger. And, you know, I think that's like, I wasn't ready, obviously, or I didn't have that moment, but I've always been entrepreneurial, even since I was a little girl, like always like, you know, selling cards on the street or, you know, drawing, um, and I, and, or just always doing things in my own way. And I think I should have like knew that and like made that into a career and which is what I've done now, instead of, you know, falling into the whole like, um, kind of hamster wheel of like expecting a paycheck and then, you know, two weeks later getting another paycheck and, you know, having the health insurance, like all that's good stuff. But like you ultimately like, I was always thinking kind of like bigger than that and that I wanted to have like a, you know, interesting that I just like wish I had like gone with my entrepreneurial instincts rather than feeling the need to just like kind of be like everyone else. No, I totally get that. You know what I mean? And which is like a great thing to need, like need to know when your paycheck's coming. Like those are all really good things. And like, I kind of wish I had that because, you know, there have been times where I'm like, very anxious because like I'm not able like you know there's 
you know, in the end, like it kind of works out um, because like, if you're like a hustler, if you're like a, you know, being a smart entrepreneur, you end up like figuring out how to make it work for you. And then ultimately the end result is like so much more rewarding for me. For sure. Would you say, this might not be connected to it. I just asked because this is such a like very hot topic in this podcast. Um, would you say that's because like you were in New York City like a lot or like your whole life that like because that kind of affected the way because I feel like New York City is always about like hustling and like always like, you know, working uh, most of the time. But also like I don't I mean, at least not like I have seen is like it's more about like corporate lifestyle. Like it seems more like that. I mean, now it's changing, obviously, for sure. But would you say that affected you in a certain way or just you being in New York City the most of your life uh, or not really? I mean, I never liked rules. I mean, as a even as a young girl, I mean, um, I come from a like very entrepreneurial family. My dad, my my grandpas on all my my dad's dad, my mom's dad, my mom's stepdad. Everyone's a, like a business person. Mm-hmm. Um, you, and even my grandparents as well. So I think it's like in my blood. I, I don't know if it if it's because. I'm in New York, maybe it's a factor, but like it happens that all my grandparents were born in New York as well. Um, and I think there is some like, I just feel like the city is so alive and I think it does like influence, you know, I think it does influence your character, but you know, there, I think that you could be in New York city, like a banker or like a lawyer or whatever, and have the same hustle and like that kind of drive, even that you do as an entrepreneur. So I think the city just like, just like infuses people with like this, like, you know, intensity um, in general. But I think that for me, the entrepreneurship, you know, probably, it's probably, I'm sort of like genetically predisposed to it or something. No, for sure. sure. (laughs) Would you say that sometimes that is kind of a little toxic that it's all like about like go on the go and like, it's always so fast and like hustle culture? I know. I know. I mean, I don't know if it's toxic, but I don't, ever relax and like I don't know how and it's I just like wish I could you know like I would love to like rest or something and like sometimes I do but like even if I'm resting I'm thinking about it like it's not like I'm still hustling in my brain it's not like that turns off I think it could be toxic for some people I think you have to have you know you have to be able to take it I think it's very difficult yeah would you say like that's because like it's kind of like you know because it's kind of embedded to your like to you as a person because like you have been in New York or it's more like your family wise because I think a lot of the times you know people always ask especially in this podcast a lot that like oh maybe I would move to New York because you know it's such a place that like like I feel like they always say like if you make it in New York you know you can make it anywhere um that meant but (laughs) it's the same time I feel like it's like not the same all the time it's just because I feel like there are also so many other places that you can you know start your career or like build something new so would you say you have would you say like you have you could have like started art sugar somewhere else it's more like because like you have yeah 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 I I I mean I was born on the Upper East Side and I went to college but I was in upstate New York but then I Mm -hmm. you know I I'm from New York City it's just who I am but like if I you know was in um, you know, Austin or, or Boston or Miami. I mean, those are also exciting cities. I mean, Boston, not so much. (laughs) I I agree. I agree with Um, that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, or like anywhere, like in California, like, I mean, you can, 
you're really like alone a lot in, in, in when you're starting your company. And um, a lot of my collaborators, everything I did was online. So you can really be anywhere, you know, it's, um, I think the, the New York City influence, you know, is um, maybe that it just like helped make me do things faster or more efficiently, whatever it is. I don't, I don't know if, but I definitely could have started my company elsewhere. No, for sure. Yeah. No, I just want to clarify. It's more like, no, it's more like, because I feel like I always tried to say it, but I also wanted to have someone from New York to say it because they always like, oh my God, no, it's like a place that that you need to start your career or something. But I feel like, especially because of nowadays, everything gone online. Yeah. If you're starting your own business, I think you can be anywhere. I think if you want to look, it's very hard for me to, like I've had this conversation with people before where it's very difficult for me to, to be objective because I'm from here. And mm-hmm. like, I, I, you know, after college, I came home, you know, I didn't like move from my hometown. I came back to my hometown. So it's like, I can't really, I never thought for a second that I would live anywhere else or because I was already here. Um, so it's sort of hard to say, but like, you know, it depends what industry you want to be in. Like if you want to be in like, you know, they're, some industries that you really should start your career in New York. But then that's when working was in the office. Like now people work from home. So it's totally changed. Um, it's totally changed everything. For sure. For sure. So where can everyone uh, find more about you and also Art Sugar? Uh, so you can, uh, I will put them all in the episode notes so they can follow them. Okay, cool. Um, well, you can come to the website, artsugar.co. You can follow us on Instagram, also artsugar.co. I have a Facebook, it's artsugarco. Um, yeah, chat me up on the site or DM. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm always happy to answer any kind of questions. I, I hope I'm not too honest, but I, I'm, I'm not very good at... Um, sugar coating no we love that we love honesty on this podcast so it's great awesome thank you so much for having me it was fun to talk to you likewise likewise